This is episode 125 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today we're talking to Karen about what to do when people around you want to sabotage you and your path to self-improvement. This is a live coaching session. Are you ready, ladies? Let's do this. My name is Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist. I reversed my diagnosis of anxiety, depression, adrenal fatigue, and obesity by going beyond the food. I can tell you one thing, that willpower, discipline, and deprivation aren't the permanent solution to transforming your relationship to food. So how do you leave overeating, emotional eating, food craving, and binging behind you so you have the food freedom to achieve all of your goal and be happy now? As a top 25 alternative health podcast in the world, this is the Beyond the Food Show. Hey girls, this is Stephanie Dozier, and today's episode is the second live coaching session and today it's with Karen and I believe this episode has the power to change many lives. If you remember we did our first coaching episode a few weeks back actually it's episode 121 and it was about how to release control when you feel that you have none and it was a success. I ask for you to tell us if you enjoyed that new concept, the live coaching with a live student, and the feedback was overwhelming. So it's going to become a new concept within the Beyond the Food show, and we're going to have more live coaching session. And today's question is something that I am faced with frequently from my student, but also that I had to learn through. And I want you to stick through it all. It's about half an hour coaching session because we're gonna go more in depth than just the simple how to deal with people around us. Because for Karen, that was her question, but through the coaching, we were able to dig further and to really understand why she believed that people around her wanted to sabotage her? And the answer is likely not what you're thinking. So stick through it. Now, I love those formats of episodes. I love coaching. I do very intuitive type of coaching. I have goosebump when I feel that this is a ha-ha moment for the people. And I'm going to share that today during the episode. And I want to do more. So be ready to have more of those sessions within the podcast, because I believe based on your feedback, these are even more powerful than solo episode. Now, Karen is a student of the Beyond the Food Academy, our 12 week in depth program on how to stop self-sabotage, how to transform our relationship to food. So she has a little bit of work done in front of her, but during the coaching session, I let you know how to get to that level of self-improvement as well. So stick with it. Now, if you want to register for the Academy, we open that program about twice a year. The next one is around May 2018. You can register at any time to be notified when the Academy opens by simply going to my website, stephaniedodier.com slash Academy. If we're closed, you can submit your name and then we'll tell you right away when the next round of the Academy is open. 
I have also now some time available for one-on-one coaching in my schedule because of this new format with the Academy that has freed up some time in my schedule. So if you are interested in getting one-on-one coaching with me, head over to my website as well. My absolute alignment program has a application process. So I don't work with everyone. I am looking to help specifically women that want to transform their relationship to food that are open to coaching. So you can go and apply on the website. There's an application form on the tab. How can I help you? You can apply. And then my wonderful assistant, Jed, will get back to you within 48 hours. And then we'll schedule a call between you and I to make sure we're the right fit. So I've started to retake one-on-one client. I don't know how long that's going to be. So if you are interested, go and apply now. So are you ready to know how to deal with people who want to sabotage you in your journey? If so, let's do this. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And as I said to you offline, the question you're going to ask today not only will help you, and hopefully we'll find a solution for you, but you're going to help hundreds of other women. So thank you very much for doing this. And we're going to get started. What is your question today, Karen? Okay, so I'm working really hard to change my relationship with how I deal with food. But I have difficulty with handling the people around me. Either they don't seem to get what I'm trying to work on on myself, or I almost feel like I'm being purposely sabotaged. How do I handle those situations? I feel like curveballs are being thrown at me every day. That is a very good, powerful, and popular question. (laughs) So let me start by saying this. So this is something that A lot of us at the beginning of our journey struggle with Karen. And I'm going to tell you why I say at the beginning of our journey, because this is a lesson. Everybody that triggers you, and we'll get into specific example of what your situation is, but I call that being triggered, either being triggered by someone's behavior by someone's word, or even when you're watching a movie or reading something, when you're being triggered It is a lesson. Call it a teacher. It's something that we have to learn about our journey, about ourselves, about what we're trying to improve into our life. So the first thing I want to say to you is that those people in your life that trigger you, take them as a teacher. Now, how do you feel about that? When you put it that way, I guess I can look at it differently. I've been taking it as I have posted in our group and things, I can see that I'm coming from a place of lack. Mm -hmm. So when I switch it around, it definitely makes it less daunting. Exactly. So for everybody's benefit that are listening right now, Karen is a student in the Beyond the Food Academy. So when she's referring to the group, she's talking about an internal group. And you are right. It is a perception. Like we talk about intention. But perception is as powerful as intention. So for, again, everybody's benefit, intention is our why behind choosing to do something, right? Karen talked about the intention with a lack mindset versus an abundance mindset. So that's something that when we do the switch between the two can be extremely powerful. The perception 
what we just talked about here, the perception of people around you being an enemy or somebody who wants you to fail versus being a teacher can make a dramatic change in how you react. Now, can you give us an example of one of those situations, Karen? I feel like I encounter them all day long. But again, now that I'm looking at from trying to approach it from a different mindset, maybe it's not so bad. But let's just say my husband, he is, of course, accustomed to me going on all sorts of diets and then falling and diets and falling. And he brought home ice cream cake the other day after I had just spent all that time journaling and reading the podcast or whatever. And when I said, no, thank you, I'm good, I had heard about 15 minutes of enough's enough, you can have some, you have to stop doing this. And I'm just felt so overwhelmed because I'm such a people pleaser Mm. that I even just gave in and just do what people want rather than stand up and say, no, this is right for me. Mm-hmm. That comes so hard to me. Mm-hmm. And I could go on about 15, 20 things in a couple hours that I know that I constantly feel that I'm getting these things thrown at me and that I don't really have the opportunity to do what I think is right for myself. Awesome. So we'll work from the example about the partner, your husband, in your case, bringing home ice cream cake. So as you mentioned, Karen has been her whole life on a diet of some sort. And I'm assuming when you get off the diet, then you were going to a binge fast and then going back on the diet, like the whole yo-yo model. Am I correct? You have that correct. (laughs) So your husband of long time, I'm assuming? Yes. Has been a witness to this whole thing. Oh, yes, absolutely. For the last 10, 15, 20, how long has it been? About 15 years. 15 years. So your husband has been standing by your side for the last 15 years, seeing you on a diet, going to diet and then binge and going to diet. And internally, he likely knows that's not the solution. So he's seeing you doing this again, going back into one of your cycle. That's his perception. And he's trying to stop you from this cycle of up and down. Do you think that could be his intention? I guess if you put it that way, I have to consider that that is a good possibility. Okay. So that's one possibility. Let me ask you more personal question, Karen. So Mm -hmm. what is your level of communication with your partner? Have you explained to him the journey you've embarked yourself in by joining the Beyond the Food Academy and explain to him how this is different from what you've done before? Yes. And I think that's part of it. I think if you don't immerse yourself in this, this is what's finally helping me to change is immersing myself in this whole program. Mm -hmm. And I think if on the outside and you only get little bits and pieces, it just sounds like another like foo-foo try at something. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to go all the way and really work on these things because it's the one thing I've never worked on before. And so... Karen, I love the foo-foo. I call it the woo-woo world. (laughs) (laughs) It's close. (laughs) So when you explained it to your partner, did you went down this path that this is like nothing you've done before? There's We don't talk about food. There's no food rules. There's no diet. Has that been made clear to him? Or 
a light discussion around the fact that it's a new program? I'm going to go in between those two because I've been sharing with him, you know, as I've been discovering things. Mm -hmm. And so I know I've been speaking a little bit about it. But let's be honest, who knows how much attention he's focusing on his own stuff. Maybe he's not focusing on 100% of, you know, what I'm going through. That's the whole joy of relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I would say to you, there's probably a teaching moment there for communication between partner and really explain to him why this is different for you and what you're trying to achieve. And when you say no to the ice cream cake, it's not about saying no to the calories or to the sugar or whatever the lastest diet was, but it's about you recognizing that you're not hungry. Mm -hmm. So there's an opportunity, there's a teaching moment there for potential more communication. Now let's talk about your husband. Does your husband have a relationship to food like you that is challenging? No, I wouldn't say he does. So he's a, I'll use the air quote here, normal eater. Yes. Okay. So does he have an understanding of what it is, the relationship between you and food? Do you hide to eat? Does he know the full extent of your relationship to food? I have hidden to eat in the past. I've hidden from everybody, mm -hmm. but he would be the one person in this world that I have opened up to and can tell him. Yeah. You know, like, oh, gosh, I had a bad week. This is what I was doing in the car. So I have told him. But again, it's not that he doesn't care about it at all. I think it's almost like a voodoo subject to him because I've gone on and off all these years. Yeah. And it because he doesn't share that relationship with food. Correct. So he doesn't have a full understanding of what it is. I don't think anyone can really have a full understanding unless you're in the same boat as us. Voila. Think about this for a minute here. So you're asking him to understand something that he's never experienced or lived through. So your level of communication around this topic, it's like explaining to a blind man or a blind person what color is. When you put it so logically, it just makes sense. <laughs> I know. That's what the beauty of being a third party in a situation. <laughs> I'm going to bring you to my house for some other things. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be interesting, but no, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so trying to explain to someone who has never lived through this, what it is, it will require a heck of a lot more communication and maybe communication in the space of a lot of how it makes you feel. Like, does he, your partner, has a full understanding of how bad, terrible, sad, frustrated you feel around your relationship to food? That's part of the dilemma that I'm in. I have had such a disassociation with things mm -hmm. that I'm just learning to feel them. It's a quest that I'm really working hard on getting much better at. So if I can't feel them, I know that... I must not be communicating it correctly because I'm having trouble processing it all. Awesome. So that's another ha-ha moment. Mm -hmm. How can you explain to a blind man what color is when you cannot fully see the whole spectrum of color? You only see the primary color, the red, the blues, the black, but you don't see the tinting. 
Yes. Once again, you make sense. That's color haha moment. So yes, you see the primary color, like you feel probably the big primary emotion, like pain and anger and frustration. But the tenting, the reason why they exist or the reason why they happen, you don't yet fully understand the scope of it or why this is in your life. So how can you explain it? Mm -hmm. So again, that doesn't mean you have to understand all of it to explain it to someone. But you can share that this is where I am. I don't really understand. I'm trying my hardest to understand. So when I say no to the ice cream cake, it's not about you. It's about me finally responding to my hunger cue. I will definitely try that sometime this weekend when it comes up again. Yes. So in explaining it always, and then this is a basic of relationship between two people, never blame the other. Always take full-on responsibility. So he's not being bad about bringing the ice cream cake, and you don't want to blame him for that. You are in a journey right now where ice cream cake is not required. But thank you very much. Now, I want to dig into something else, because you said a word that can bring a lot of pain, which is people-pleasing. So talk to me a little bit more about that. That's really the story of how I get through every day. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what, you always know what's the easiest thing, easiest answer or what to do so that there's not conflict. You know, that's in my professional life, in my personal life. That's who I've become. Mm. How did it begin in your life? Like if you dial back the clock. I was thinking about this as I was doing some journaling exercise And I hate to put it back to when we were little, but Mm -hmm. when I was little, there was a lot of chaos. And if we were bad, it meant really bad things. It meant a physical punishment, a mental punishment. But if you were a good little girl, then things were more status quo and easier to deal with. And when there's conflict, there's usually a consequence that emotionally and or physically that It was very hurtful. So I really think that it just started to know that you were supposed to be a good little girl and it just continued on. So you have the good little girl syndrome. Yep. So one of the piece that we've learned recently in the academy is, and I'll explain it more for people listening, is that one of the things we have to do is understand where our behavior comes from. To fix anything, we can either look at things as symptom and put a band-aid, aka use willpower and discipline to not binge or to not crave. But at some point, yo-yo model, it comes back. Or we can understand where does it come from. So obviously, Karen has done a lot of work. She's understood where her eating pattern comes from. It's people-pleasing. And people-pleasing, in her case, comes from being a good little girl because when she was little... And this is where it gets important. She had no skill set to respond to conflict. The only skill set she had was to avoid emotional or physical pain by being a good little girl. Am I correct? Exactly. So today, she, Karen, grew up, obviously. She's no longer a little girl. However, when it comes to conflict management, being herself and protecting herself, she is still acting like that little girl. 
So there's a part of our mind, a part of our brain, that subconscious mind that I always talk about that has this programming when it comes to conflict, we must avoid pain. And to avoid pain, we must not go against people. We must not disappoint people. We must not stimulate any type of conflict. We need to AKA please people. How does that sound? It sounds like you know me very well. Okay. So that's good. Here's a good news. I say it's good. And when I say it's good, people are like, she's crazy. Like, <laughs> how can this be good? That's good because we now understand where it comes from. And you, Karen, functional medicine, which is a branch of medicine that address not the symptoms, which is typically what conventional medicine apply. In functional medicine, we address the root cause. While beyond the food programs and methods apply to the root cause. So now we understand that Karen still uses this wiring of a little girl. All we have to do is upgrade the program. Understand, Karen, that you're reacting like this because a part of your mind when it comes to conflict react like a 10-year-old. How does that feel? I'm digesting it. (laughs) It makes sense to me. I totally hear what you're saying. It's just I got to take time to mull it all over. Absolutely. And that's, that's why I'm trying to not go too fast. But basically, you are a 40 plus lady professionally as a wife. Do you have children? Yes, they're grown as a mother, right? Mm-hmm. I've given all those skill sets of a 40 plus year old woman. But when it comes to conflict, you your subconscious mind is still acting as a little girl. So it's going to take us, you, during the program for you to reacquire the skills that will be needed for you to deal with conflict like an adult person. One of the big things for people please her is self-confidence. Your individual self-confidence is often valued upon what people think of them. Is that a truth in your life? Oh, 100%. Okay. What does Karen think of herself? Do you ask yourself this question sometimes? I don't think I ever really think about that. Good. So we're going to have to do a lot of thinking around that. Because again, your mind values your value, your individual value as what other people think. So I I don't want to say all your time, but a majority of your time is spent controlling, thinking, reacting. So what other people think of you is good. So your self-confidence is good. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, definitely. So there's a shifting of time that's going to need to happen for you to think about yourself. We're going to take a quick break from our chat to give a shout out to our show sponsor, Health IQ. And I am So excited to be partnering with them and bringing you forward an innovative insurance company for the American listener. Health IQ helps health conscious people like yogis, runners, cyclists, weightlifters to get lower rate on their life insurance. Just like you save money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on life insurance for living a health conscious lifestyle. Isn't it time that we get rewarded for our good health choices? Now, how do you get started? Very simply by qualifying through the health IQ quizzes. And also, listen to this, if you submit actual training data through the various apps available, you can save 
additional dollars. To get started now, simply go to stephaniedodzier.com forward slash health IQ and take the test to see if you qualify. And when you get to speak to an agent, mention the code beyond the food to support the show. So get started now on saving money on your life insurance. Now a shout out to our other show sponsor, Muse. And I'm very grateful to team up with Muse to bring you the first tool in the world to help you learn to meditate at home. Muse is a wearable brain sensing headband that measure our brainwave and sends the feedback to an app on our personal device. I love my Muse because it transforms my meditation practice. I wear it daily for my 10 minute session in the morning and it coaches me through my practice by giving me real time feedback on what's happening in my brain and helping me refocus during my meditation. I love this partnership with Muse because it brings the tool to the first timer and it helps expand the practice of the more advanced meditator. So it's time for you to get your Muse on and learn to calm your mind through meditation. And here's the thing, as a listener of the Going to Beyond the Food show, you get 15% off of the purchase of your Muse. To take advantage of this offer, simply go to Stephanie dot com forward slash muse. And again, the URL is stephaniedodzier.com forward slash muse and register through this URL to get 15% off. So join me in my 10 minutes meditation practice every morning and get our muse on and go beyond the food together. So we don't know a lot of each other, but you've told me you're a mom. Children are grown out of the house. You are professional, so you have a career in which you are successful. Yeah. Right? What other aspect of your life are you proud of? My gosh, I can't even answer that. Okay. Close your eyes. Let's mm -hmm. do this exercise while doing the Crave Cure formula. So Karen is very well versed in the Crave Cure formula for everybody listening. It's an exercise of self-awareness that we practice. It's very simple. I mean, it's part of our Crave Cure guide. You can go and download it, but it's very simple. You close your eyes, sit, lay down with a spine that is straight and start breathing in and out by the nose and start scanning and feeling your body. And often when we have what Karen said, which is dissociation, we don't feel what's going on in our body because that's like, that's scary. So we're going we're gonna to ask you this question, Karen. Now, I'm assuming by now your eyes are closed and you're breathing. Mm -hmm. You're just hearing me yapping. So I'm going to ask you this question and I want you to take the time to feel your body and to let the answer come up. And it's okay if nothing comes up at first. Just take your time. So what is Karen proud of herself for? Well, I made it. You, you made know what I'm it. saying? I'm still here. Yeah, your life. You made it. I'm definitely. <sighs> Take a deep breath in. I can feel your breath right now being <laughs> like fast and scattered. So take a deep breath in. And let go of that tension. And while you do that, keep taking breath. When our breath for Karen is for everybody's attention, 
when our breath gets scattered like this, either fasts or having problem breathing, that's a lot of emotion that's bubbling inside of us. So clearly this question is very powerful for you, Karen. It is. So what are you proud of yourself for, Karen? My resiliency. Awesome. Resiliency, having gone through this journey so far, being here. Yeah. You know, I know all the typical things. I'm a very good partner. I'm a very good friend Mm -hmm. to other people, not necessarily to myself. I wish they would come off the top of my head, but I'm really, I'm struggling. We already have six here. You're a good partner. You're a good friend. You've brought up X number of children. I'm not sure how many, but you've brought them up and they have their own life at this point. Oh, yeah. They're very, very good human beings. So you've done something right there. You need to be really proud of that. So we've got seven or eight things right here and there. So we could spend more time here, but I'm going to give you that as a homework. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can take another deep breath and open your eyes. So we've learned a few things here. Number one, that breath that became difficult, Karen, Mm -hmm. that's a sign for you. So when you are being challenged with something that's difficult for you, you have a tendency to hold your breath. Is that possible? (laughs) Yes, that's absolutely true. Okay. So the Crave Cure formula or any type of breathing exercise for you has to become second nature. Because when you hold your breath, you make everything difficult. Not only the moment, but your thought process, your physical, I mean, digestion, nervous system, everything becomes difficult because you're not giving the body what it needs, which is air. So management of your breath in difficult situation is key for you. So that, that's a big piece we've just learned here. Two, because of this people-pleasing, good little girl, you spend a lot of time on other people and what they think of you and controlling that, right? And satisfying the demand of others. So definitely, Karen's going to need to be a little bit selfish here. She's going to need to spend more time on herself. Yes, being doing the Beyond the Food Academy homework and taking the course and so forth. But beyond that, there's going to be more time and investment into Karen overall. How does that make you feel? (laughs) The other part's like, oh, no, what's everybody going to be all mad at me? I know. (laughs) I'm working on that. That that is awesome. You're recognizing that, right? So you're when you're having that thought, what is everybody going to think of me? Are you able to catch yourself and say, oh, this is my 10-year-old talking? I will definitely, I didn't write then, but I will definitely, you know, I have the, that tool now. Yes. So I will be able to pull out that tool and say, whoa, whoa, Karen, that's not the 48-year-old Karen, that's the 10-year-old. Yes, that's exactly what I want you to do. Is that going to make your process easier to choose you over others easier? Heck no. It's still going to be challenging for the next six months for you, maybe even a year, to choose yourself first, a.k.a. say no to the ice cream cake. It's not going to be an instinctive, easy reaction. It's going to require you to be present, 
and to make an effort. Does that mean that it's impossible? No, it just required from you to be aware it's not going to be easy. It will become easier with time as you practice it and as you make it something that you're aware of and proud of. Then it will become second nature in three, six, nine, 12 months from now. How do you feel now? I almost feel like some cement blocks are lifted off my shoulders, but we'll see. I hope, no, I'm going to change the wording of that. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for working on these things and working on me. And even if there's some obstacles in the way, I know it can be done. I know it can be done. And I know you can do it because you are here. You are here on the podcast asking this question, which it takes a lot of courage. Two, you've chosen to take the Beyond the Food Academy program, which is like totally not normal for most people, right? Because it's not a diet. It's about working on those things, those emotional blocks that are difficult for you. So if you can do those two things, I know you can do the other one. Thank you. You have not done it before because it wasn't in your circle of awareness. Did you know about this 10 years ago? No. Five years ago? No. A year ago? No, about a year ago, I started listening to your podcast. So it started. <laughs> exactly. So there's been a progression, right? From listening to the podcast, to reading the material, to taking the course, like step by step. Exactly. Well, the same thing here. I would like to talk to you in a year from now. I bet you it's going to be a heck of a lot different than what it is today. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I that's okay. Sorry, really. Let it go. Right? So that's a big piece, okay? So we've talked about communication with your partner, which is in your case, your husband is essential. And you can only communicate what you know, the colors that you're able to see. And you have to express that to him that and I mean of surviving, you've shut down part of your emotion that you're starting to reacquire now. Two, you've been a people pleaser, which includes your relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And that has to change for your own sanity. Right. So make sure that the communication is there all the time. Now, I want to take a few minutes to talk about your work environment, because that's another thing that you said was triggering you was people at work. Can you give me an example of that? I know I do an excellent job. It's I often have people thanking me and telling me and because I am a people pleaser and a perfectionist, of course, I make sure I do everything to the very best of my ability. I do have a supervisor. There's no positive spin on this except for to say is miserable and is very difficult to work with on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And instead of having conflict, I always just believe I shouldn't even and just say, okay, I'm sorry. I'll make sure it's done correctly. So when I'm all stressed like that, I know one of my go-tos is I'm going to go eat something because it's going to make me feel better, you mm -hmm. know, and I just bottle everything inside. So, okay. Self-compassion. So we talked about that in the academy a lot, right? Compassion yeah. towards ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Now you are a people pleaser. That doesn't mean you have compassion for others, and let me explain that to you. I'm not saying you're not compassionate. I'm just trying to make a difference for you between people-pleasing and compassion. Mm -hmm. People-pleaser 
seek the positive reinforcement of others, typically verbally, so they can feel better. Now, being compassionate towards other people is seeing the behavior of people towards us sometimes as being an image of their own self-hatred or unhappiness. So this supervisor of yours, is that a happy person in general? Oh, absolutely not. And I do try and consider that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but still internally, you know, it still hurts. Yes. It hurts tenfold for you. And I'll tell you why, because you're seeking this supervisor's feedback for your self-confidence. If you weren't attached as a people pleaser from that direct supervisor's feedback to make you feel better at work, aka you new to your core that you're damn good at what you do, you wouldn't be bothered by this on loving behavior from your supervisor. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So part of what makes this relationship difficult is twofold. A, this person has evidently some challenges in her or his personal life. (laughs) Yes. And he or she turns around. I have a feeling it's a he. It is. Okay, good. (laughs) He turns around and he lashes out to the world. Or to the people sitting in his office and there's only three of us. (laughs) There you go. To the world at work. But I bet you if we were to follow this person into the rest of his life, it's likely the same thing. I bet you're right. So there's twofold. And then you're there needing this person's approval to validate the fact that you're good at your work and you're not getting it. So it's making the pain twice as bad. Can you feel from that perspective the difference? I feel lighter even now, just you saying it that way. I stopped rubbing my chin where I do when I'm all nervous. Awesome. So attempt over the next few weeks to see it from that perspective. So he's a teacher of yours. Okay. He's been put into your path at this time and you doing this course in the Beyond the Food Academy so you can start detaching from the opinion of others because he's sure in the heck not giving it to you. How does that feel? It feels like I'll be able to handle it differently. Yeah, it's almost funny, right? Yeah, I almost feel lighthearted about it because I'm like, oh, all right, if I see it that way, And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I can just smile and think, ah, you're teaching me how to deal with this. Exactly. You're teaching me to be confident about myself without the opinion or the verbal cues from others. Good. And I bet you in three, six, 12 months, once you are generating self-confidence on your own, he may get transferred to another position or you may go somewhere else. And all of a sudden the teacher will no longer be there for you. The next teacher will come into your life to show you a different part of yourself that you need to improve. How does that feel? Yeah, I kind of feel a lot better than when we started our phone call about a lot of things. Good. So that's what I meant by people in our life being our teacher, your husband, your supervisor, they're being a mirror of the part of yourself that needs to grow. That needs to transform. So the hurting, the triggering you're feeling is because your soul, your spirit 
however you call it, is like, yeah, like we need to change this. Like it's being shown to you. Do you get it? Yes. I just feel like you pulled up the shade on the window. Yes. Beautiful image. So now I want you to take this and apply it to the other part of your life. See the difficult situation has teachers instead of enemy. It's all about perception. We're going back to a full circle on the call here. It's the perception. We can choose to see the difficult element of our life, no matter what they are. They can be a supervisor, a husband, an abuse experience in the past as something we have negative emotion towards as enemy, as resentment, as anger. And that's only going to hurt us because it sure in the heck doesn't hurt the other person. Or we can spin it around through time, see those elements. So those people, those situation as teacher and as a positive placement and space in our life. How do you feel now? I feel good. I feel like I just put more tools in my toolbox. Awesome. So if we go back to your question, Karen, did I answer it? Definitely. A hundred percent. Okay, good. So what is your homework? Well, one part of my homework is to work on realizing what I'm proud of myself for, who I am. Mm -hmm. And another part is to really see every event differently, not just, I can't say the person, but the event differently and looking at them as teaching tools and try and see what I can learn from them rather than the negative. And I think another one would be to definitely continue on with my crave cure breathing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and continue while we're doing the course with the crave cure formula and the crave cure breathing, make it second nature to you. So practice it as often as you can. 10 times in the day, however, right? It doesn't take a lot of time. And I would say to you, anything that engaged breathing in your life, that it is mindful exercise. We talk a lot about mindful exercise in the academy, right? Take mindful exercise that engage you to breathe. And that's going to make your life a heck of a lot easier. Oh, thank you so much, Stephanie. No, thank you for your time. Thank you for your courage of asking this question. And for the other women that are in the same situation as you that got this podcast and got a whole bunch of tools. So thank you very much for being with us. Thank you again. I really, this eye-opening as usual. Thank you. So there you have it. It's all about perception. It's seeing these people in our life, these event in our life as teachers instead of enemy. As with anything in life, if we start from a place of quote unquote negative intention, for sure out of that will become negative consequence. But if we allow ourselves to start from a point of positivity, in this case, seeing these event, these people in our life as teacher, we can come out as a winner of this. Furthermore, I want to talk about being triggered here because that not only applies to the people, quote unquote, want to sabotage you, but it applies to anything. You may be listening to this podcast and then all of a sudden I say something and you 
feel angry at me. You feel frustrated. You feel like I don't get you. I'm offending. This is called triggering. There's a difference between being offended and being triggered. Here's, I'm going to say it. Anything that I say on any of my blog or my podcast is never meant to offend anyone. However, it can trigger you. And there's a big difference between the two. If I wanted to offend you, it would be done from a place of maliciousness and being hurtful. As you know, that's not the place where I work from. However, it is very possible because my style of coaching is very direct that I trigger you. Now, triggering is simply your ego, your subconscious mind going in self-defense mode that tells you that there's something there for you to learn because it was never meant to hurt you but it may be meant to awaken you. So offending versus triggering, two big difference. When people around you meant good for you, but they trigger you, it's likely because there is something there for you to learn. So I hope this helped you. And as always, if you know anyone in your life that this particular episode can help, please share the episode with them or leave me a review in iTunes. If you think this was helpful for you, quote unquote, pay me back with a review in iTunes. It helps me, it fuels me, and it helps the podcast rank higher. Now we got a great guest coming up next week in episode 127, and we're going to talk about failure and how we can turn around failure on its head and actually help failure work for us. You don't want to miss this. I love you and I look forward to hang out with you on the next episode. Did you know that nine out of 10 women are struggling with their relationship to food? Overeating, emotional eating, binging and craving are real. Clearly the solution we have been taught aren't working. I believe to have food freedom, it means that we must learn to have a relationship with our hunger so we can finally be at peace with food and eat normally without guilt or shame, which is why I wrote the Crave Cure Guide. I want to show you how to have a completely different relationship with food so that you can be in control of what you eat, achieve your goal, and be the powerful woman you were meant to be. The best part is this book and the step-by-step process is absolutely free. To receive your free copy, simply go to stephaniedodzie.com forward slash guide and we can get started right now.